I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 15, Walt Disney World After Dark. With me tonight are Mark Pratt, Pratt Pack on the boards. Hey, Mark. Good evening, everybody. Jason Gilbert, Jason4024 on the boards. Jason. Hello, everyone. Uh, James Matheson, Disney Freak on the boards. Good evening. And Mark Harbison, Captain Oblivious. Is this thing on? Yep, yep, it's on, Mark. Oh, in that case, hi. (laughs) Well, tonight, we're going to talk about the amazing experience that you can have at Walt Disney World after dark. Um, During those times when it's a little cooler, the sun's gone down, the weather's a little more pleasant, and sometimes the crowd is even a little bit thinned out. Um, And things that are even familiar experiences take on an extra different flavor. So we're going to start off by talking about our favorite nighttime rides. Um, Gentlemen, I think we're just going to go around here and we'll start with uh, Mark. Mark, on your list of top five nighttime rides, what comes in at number five? Uh, I'll go ahead with uh, Tower of Terror. Just because... uh... You know that everything's lit up at night and when those doors open when you're dropping it's uh makes it even a little bit more scarier okay and uh mark harbison what's number five on your list uh i actually went with one that i rarely visit during the day and that's dumbo um just because you can get the the crowds thin out a little bit at night so the weight isn't as uh isn't quite as bad and you can take a nice slow ride up in the air and, and enjoy the view of fantasy land and the castle Okay, and uh, Jason, you're number five. My number five is actually the Jungle Cruise. Just kind of gives it, when it's dark, it does give it a little bit more ambiance to the whole ride, I feel. And Jungle Cruise is one you got to be careful about because it is an interesting nighttime ride, but it's usually not open during extra magic hours. So you just got to catch it uh, when there are re- re- relatively late park hours, uh, you know, for regular opening. Yeah, when we were there in September, uh, we caught it right before we were leaving. So, you know, between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, it was getting dark already. So haven't seen it at true nighttime, but definitely during drunk, during close to dark. And uh, James, how about you? Um, I, I really like Big Thunder Mountain Railroads, my number five. Uh, just kind of the ambiance with the lighting of the rocks and catching a view of the castle every once in a while when you're going through, which just kind of gives it a whole different uh luck and feel and uh my number five is the haunted mansion the ride itself isn't really any different because inside the ride is the same but the queue takes on a whole new character at night um you know the sound effects and the graveyard and the great you know the headstones and all of those things just kind of give it that extra layer of creepy after dark uh, is it even a little bit difficult the first time we went past it to get my uh, daughter to go with me on it again at night? And she'd already been on it twice during the day that same day. And then uh, I guess I'll go ahead and turn the corner and go with my number four. Um, for my, my number four, I got to jump over to Epcot and uh, the the one sort of outdoor ride there that is a lot of fun after dark is Test Track because you kind of burst out, and instead of bursting out into the sunlight, you burst out into that darkness of, uh, of the night. How about you, James? What's number four on your list? 
Um, I'm just going to go right next door just to Splash Mountain for pretty much the same reasons. The different lighting, good views of the castle as you're coming down, and just a whole different situation. Okay, and Jason, your number four? My number four was Big Thunder Mountain. Pretty much the same thing James said. It just, it's going to sound, I think we're going to definitely say it a lot, but it definitely changes the whole atmosphere of the ride. Because what you're used to seeing and what most people see during the day, you don't think about it at night until you actually do it. But we, that is one of my favorites at night. Okay, and uh, Mark Harbison, you're number four. I uh, am going to stick with the uh, nice, slow, ambiance-type rides. And uh, I think ambiance is our secret word for the night, actually. There's like a bell that should go off every time we say that. Oh, or we could do like the uh, the old Pee Wee Herman show and squeal and shout. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I was uh, thinking of the uh, Tomorrowland uh, People Mover. Uh, taking a nice slow ride through the uh, the night as uh, Tomorrowland's all lit up. Excellent. And uh, Mark Pratt, what's your number four? Um, I I was thinking the TTA as well, the Transportation Authority. Um, I think it's really neat just to be able to to catch a glimpse of the you know the entire park at night, um, and you definitely get to see a few things that you don't normally get to see when it's you know during the daytime. So. Okay. And uh, why don't you kind of turn the corner and head back with uh, your number three? My th- number three would be Haunted Mansion. Um, there's, you know, it's, it's an inside ride, but the queue and, and it's just something about it at night, it, it changes the whole feel and um, ambiance of the, the ride. Uh, oh, come on. Only I'm the only one shouting. I'm, not I'm real sorry. Quick at the mute button. Sorry. I was muted. <laughs> I did scream, but I was muted. <laughs> All right, and uh, Mark Harbison, you're number three. Ambiance. Ah! <laughs> I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> All right, now I forgot what I was going to say. Crap. <laughs> Your number three attraction. Number three attraction. Oh, yes. Um, well, uh, I'm going to go with the Tomorrowland Speedway because everybody likes hitting the center rail at night. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, I was going to say Haunted Mansion, so people are going to think that uh, Mark Pratt and I have the exact same list and we're just copying off of each other. But uh, you definitely got to go for that, that Haunted Mansion feel at night. Okay, and Jason, you're number three? I'm going to go with Dumbo because seeing, again, seeing the park at night from different areas is is definitely something worth doing if you get the opportunity. Um, I do have young kids, so we don't get that much opportunity because we we haven't done the full state of 3 a.m. at magic hour type thing, but we do try to stay as late as we can. And Dumbo is definitely one of the things that you can do. Plus, as I forget who said it earlier, but the crowd level definitely goes down. Okay, and uh, James, you're number three. I have to agree with Jason with Dumbo. Um, it's one of the things we've, every time we go on it at night, uh, I always take the cell phone out and we'll ride it twice, once with each kid, and, you know, get that magical picture going around with uh, the castle in the background as you're going around and have, you know, the kids' smiles on their face and going around on Dumbo as well. So, kind of a great time. 
Okay, and uh, your number two, James? Um, I'm going with Haunted uh, Mansion um, a lot, just the lights and the effects, and um, just makes it a whole different uh, experience waiting in the queue line. You almost want a line, even though there's not much of a line in order to do that, so. True, true. And uh, Jason, you're number two. My number two is Splash Mountain. Because of the ambiance. Ah! Ah! Uh, yeah, <laughs> similar to, to to Big Thunder. And last time we were there, we did get to see the fireworks from the top of it. So we got very lucky. And that's, from what I hear on the boards, that's something a lot of people strive for. And we just happen to fall into it. Sounds like fun. Hey, Mark. I'm still here. All right. <laughs> so, um, what's your number two? We'll jump with, uh, we'll jump over to Epcot with Test Track. Uh, feel the need for speed at night, and uh, when you shoot out there and and uh, can't really see where those hard bank curves are coming, it, it gets to be a, a really different experience. Very cool. And uh, Mark Pratt, can can we assume you have the same answer? You know what? I was going to, but you know, I'm just not a follower. So I'm going to go with uh, Big Thunder, which was already mentioned earlier. <laughs> so I guess kind of a late follower. Um, just because of, yeah, the lighting at night and um, you get to see a few more things. And that castle really is pretty, pretty cool at night as well. And you see it every now and then poke out of there. Yeah, actually, uh, Big Thunder Mountain was my number two as well. Um, same reasons and and big thunder i think gives you even more opportunities than splash to catch fireworks if you time it right um it's just really sort of a spectacular view and uh only it's a different ride it's a completely different ride at night than it is during the day um it's a fairly tame railroad coaster railroad type coaster uh all around but i think it, it it's that much more exciting when it's dark, you can't see the track as well, um, you get almost some of those, uh, you know, Space Mountain elements almost when it's when it's dark. Um, has, has everybody done number two, their number two choice? Yep. 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 Okay. You gotta be careful how you say that. Yeah, I know. I had to catch myself. Um, all right. So I guess I'll, I'll start with the number one choices um my top choice for nighttime rides at walt disney world is the astro orbiter um it's similar to the dumbo experience but it's better because it's higher up um you're way up at the top you, you, know, you take the elevator up and uh you really get a view from a top tomorrowland of the entire park and it's it's a spectacular view um the neon of of Tomorrowland is right right beneath you, and you can see the entire rest of the park out uh, in front of you as you spin around. It's it's the one spinny ride that I tolerate. Um, I let my wife take the rest of those. So, Mark, how about you? What's your favorite? Well, I actually got two tie for number one. Um, first off, would be Test Track, uh, just because, like like Mark said, when you fly out of the doors, um, you really don't know what's gonna you know what's going to be out there for you so i think that's a pretty cool part of it um the other one that i really like at night is the um the swiss family treehouse just because you can get up there and you can actually you know see so i i've gone up there and watched wishes from up there and it's pretty cool 
and uh, just at night when you can get up there, it's pretty neat. Okay, and uh, Mark Harbison, your number one nighttime attraction. Well, I went with uh, Big Thunder Mountain in this case, and I don't know what else I can say about it that hasn't already been said uh, by everyone else who voted for it um, without either repeating it or saying the A word. So I'll just say, go ahead and ride it at night because we're experts. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, Jason, you're number one. First, before I get to my number one, I have a complaint. Mark, we had five, not six. <laughs> if I would have had it six. Was five A and five B. The list would have been much different if we had six choices. But my first choice is definitely Test Track. Um, as everyone said before, coming bursting through the doors in the dark is definitely worth the experience. Okay, and uh, James, finish us up. Your number one nighttime attraction. Um, mine is Tower of Terror. It's been mentioned before a lot. Uh, you know, the queue has... is. A little bit neater, you know, especially the sign as you walk in. With, you can really see the fiber optic lights changing from the sign and just a totally different situation going in. Okay. Well, that, those are our top five. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what your top five are. Um, you could, uh, you know, send us a, an email. Uh, we'll give you the addresses at the end of the show or you know, podcast at disdads.com is the email address. We'll give you the rest of the ways to contact us at the end of the show um, or uh, just come by and leave some comments uh, when we post the podcast on our website, disdads.com. Um, the other terrific thing about nighttime at Walt Disney World are the variety of nighttime spectacular shows and after Dark at Walt Disney World, really, that's what, uh, those, those are the stars of the show. Um, we've got Wishes in the Magic Kingdom, Illuminations in Epcot, and Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about each of those shows, and then, uh, again, give you our choices for our favorite of the nighttime uh, spectaculars. So, um... Anybody want to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the Wishes uh, fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom? I could talk about it a little bit. All right. Tell us a little, Jason. Uh, with Wishes, there's many different opinions on where the best place to view it is. Uh, some people like to view it from, from Fantasyland. Some enjoy watching it from Main Street. My personal opinion was when we went, we watched it from on top or up on the upper level of the train station where the train comes in, opposite of where the Wishes dessert party is. I believe that's on the one side, right? Uh, that sounds sounds pretty close, yeah. Yeah, but we were on the other side where we just got off the train, and that was um, a, a good place for it for us because it was kind of away from a lot of people there wasn't many people up there and we were up higher so we didn't have to fight with the kids looking over people and being able to see everything so if you can get to that area right around when wishes starts it's definitely our suggestion interesting suggestion um and and just to kind of fill in the blanks there the the key to the wishes fireworks uh is that they the, the centerpiece of the fireworks really is the castle. Um, and though you can see the fireworks from places where you can't 
otherwise see the castle, they, they seem to lose their context a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know my family's favorite spot to, to watch uh, Witches from is from Main Street right in front of Casey's. Um, it's sort of across the street from where the um, where handicap seating is, and um, it, it's a really nice view. Uh, what are what are some other people's favorites? I know Mark Harbison. Um, you'd mentioned you've got a favorite place to watch. Yeah, I'm a little bit uh, reluctant to give it away because it's a bit of a secret. But you know, it's uh, you can you can see the castle and the Magic Kingdom from certain vantage points around the park, uh, and you don't necessarily have to be in the park to watch it. And one of my favorite spots is to kind of hop the monorail and ride over to the Polynesian Resort, which is across the lake, the Seven Seas Lagoon from the Magic Kingdom. And you can wander down there uh, at any point to the beach by the lake, and there will just be a handful of people, and you can basically pull up a beach chair and lie down, uh, maybe even grab a Dole Whip from the food court there, and uh, just settle in, and they'll even pipe in the music. It's, It's a little bit faint. The speakers aren't right on the beach. So it's not the same uh, same experience as standing in the park in terms of the sound and the, and the music that plays along, but you can hear it and you can see the fireworks shooting off over the castle and get the effect of them all reflected on the water in front of you, which is just kind of a little bit of a different view, and it's a, uh, it's a great spot to, to watch it from without even having to enter the park. So if you're low on, on ticket days or don't have a park hopper, then it might be a good alternate spot. Okay, great suggestion. Anybody else have a uh, uh, fireworks, a wishes fireworks spot they'd like to share, or everybody else holding theirs close to, close to the vest? <laughs> I watched it um, once from Narcosis. That was pretty awesome. Just me and my wife, and they pumped the music into the restaurant there as well. And then plus you also get the um, the water electrical parade that goes by as well. And that was that was really neat. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, the electric water parade pageant. That's it. Pageant, that's what it is. Yeah, the electric water pageant. Um, I became a big fan of that, staying at the Poly last time uh, and, and being able to watch it. I thought that, that was it was just really, really cool, really impressive. And it is kind of a nice uh, kind of bonus to Wishes in the distance. So that's the basic story of, of Wishes. Um, over in, in Epcot, is uh, a show that's now been running uh, for you know better than 20 years uh, called Illuminations. And who wants to give us kind of the, the lowdown on what Illuminations is, is all about? I can take uh, a crack at that. Okay, uh, go ahead, Mark. It's, uh, I guess it's a little bit of a counterpoint to Wishes, where Wishes is kind of a very graceful, uh, slow-building, beautiful show. Uh, Illuminations kind of... Uh, punches you in the nose with pyrotechnics right off the start, which may be why I prefer it because, you know, I'm a guy. What can I say? But um, it's it's a really impressive show. They do it. Uh, and, and, the... and and you have a bizarre desire to be punched in the nose? No, I enjoy pyrotechnics. Oh, okay. The more things you can blow up, the better. So. <laughs> um, but in any case, it's uh, you know it's a great show on the the lake in front of the World Showcase, and uh, they bring in uh, several barges during the day. They have fireworks, they have laser lights, they have water effects, they have the aforementioned fireballs, and uh, they also have a globe 
that has a huge LED display on it that uh, can actually show moving pictures uh, in this part of the show. And uh, it's it's just very uh, very cool how they, they integrate all those elements together and time it to the, the music. Um, the only slight downside, I'd say, is that uh, they spin the globe and, and it kind of slows down in the middle and the show kind of focuses on that for what feels like several minutes and probably is a little bit too long because you just want to get back to blowing things up but uh, certainly uh, makes for a rousing finale in the end as well and uh, just really an enjoyable time there okay anybody have any uh, quick tips for good viewing spots for illuminations get there and get there early because if you don't it, it gets so crowded along the edges that um, you, you really you're not going to get a good seat. But yeah, get there half an hour, 45 minutes early, and you should be able to get yourself a pretty good seat. And I guess one of the things to mention is, in some ways, it's easier to get a good view of Illuminations than it is to get a good view of Wishes, because you really do have a full kind of 360 degrees around the um, the, the Friendship Lake there where you can get a view the the key is just to make sure you position yourself uh so that you don't have any like big trees or posts in front of you uh, and as long as you do that you're okay so there's a variety of good viewing spots um you just want to find one early it's n not quite like wishes in the magic kingdom where you know you, you can only really see the castle offset against the fireworks from certain vantage points And not that I don't like the show. I, I like it. It's a great show. has a great meaning to it. You know, all the people of the earth coming together and living in harmony. La-di-da. I think the best seats for that, if you've seen it before, is either on Test Track or on Soren because there's no lines during the show. <laughs> <laughs> the and same it, could be said for Wishes. You could you could get some pretty sweet seats on Space Mountain. Yes, you can. Does anybody want to share a particularly good uh, viewing spot for Illuminations? One that I've seen mentioned, but I haven't had a chance to try yet, and I'm thinking we may try uh, in this next in this next trip coming up, is um, the well, two suggestions. One is the the sort of the little bridge next to um, the UK Pavilion, although I understand that's a quite popular viewing spot. And then the, the second is um, to actually get some get some height and um, Tokyo Dining, which is the upstairs restaurant at uh, at the Japan Pavilion, uh, provides a, a view from outside there as well. That might be worth it from, again, giving you an elevated view. And then the, the last one that people are talking about a lot lately is, uh, you know, to book yourself a late ADR at the new um, restaurant in Mexico because there's a really nice view from there and it's indoors and you don't have to worry about kind of jostling for position so much if you get yourself an ADR. Along those same lines, I have not tried this, but I've heard that the Rose and Crown restaurant in the UK is also uh, a good spot. If you're if you're lucky enough to get the right ADR and get a seat on their outdoor patio, it's right by the lake, and you can sit and eat and, wa eat and watch the show there. Yeah, good, good point. 
All right, and then the last of the major nighttime spectaculars is uh, Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios. Um, for the last couple of years, it had been sort of a, a chore to go and see Fantasmic because Disney was only running it a couple of times a week, and it made for really horrendous crowds in Hollywood Studios on days when there was a Fantasmic show because they were so rare. Um, but this, for the majority of this past summer and, and on uh, through at least through September, um, it, they've been running Fantasmic nightly again, and uh, most of the reports I'm hearing is that it, it's helped keep the crowds from being quite so overwhelming. Um, does somebody want to give us a, a little bit of an explanation of, of what Fantasmic is all about, uh, as opposed to Wishes or Illuminations? What makes it different? We, 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 uh, we did see Fantasmic uh, when we were there in 2009 for the first time. Um, it was a little hard because my daughter didn't enjoy it that much. She's not a big fan of fireworks. I think I've mentioned that before, probably every time we talk about them. So if we can hear the fireworks, it's a problem usually. Right. But what she did love was the, the show, like the overall show with the Sorcerer Mickey and how he does the, you know, he's up on the mountain and then they do the, you know, all the, the water, um, like the water screens and and that different type of stuff and then the boats coming out across the pond and, and back and then definitely the big water what is it like fairy type boat at the end with all the characters she was in heaven because Jasmine was on it oh. and that's her favorite so she we we enjoyed it it um, as a family overall other than the the, the few firework portions that you can tell, you know, that they are there right, because right. of just because of the fact, like I said, that she's not a big fan of them, but she is getting more and more adapt to them. So I think next time we go back, which is in February, we will um, definitely see it again. Yeah. And I mean, you, you kind of point out the, the major differences there between Fantasmic and the other shows, which is, first of all, it's got more of a coherent storyline than you know, Wishes or, or Illuminations, which are, are more essentially fireworks shows. Illumination adds some more media, but um, it's it's a similar sort of relatively abstract show. Um, it's got characters that the others don't have. And it's also, and this is unique to Walt Disney World's presentation of it, uh, because Fantasmic also uh, is, is on sometimes in Disneyland. But um, at Walt Disney World in Hollywood Studios... Fantasmic has its own theater, and so there's theater seating as opposed to the other fireworks shows where you're just kind of trying to find a spot uh, to, you know, park yourself and, and watch from whatever vantage point you can find. Um, so having kind of talked generally about all three shows... Um, I guess we'll just do a quick whip around and let everybody um, give us the how they would rank them one, two, three. Um, so we'll start with Mark Pratt and Mark rank the nighttime shows first through third. Um, I would have to go with um, Illuminations being number three. It's a great show, uh, but like I said, once you've seen it once, unless you have really good seats. Um, I can do, you know, without it, and I, I, I don't care to miss it. Number two would be um, 
Fantasmic, and I've done the Fantasmic dinner meal or dinner thing, where you get the the meal and you get the uh, preferred seating for it. And I would suggest if you can do that to go with that because. Um, instead of the two-hour wait that we had done before, we actually walked 15 minutes to our seats. And you get, you know, a certain section that's cut off just for you for doing the, the meal, the dining um, thing that we do. And uh, we, we had like third row seats. It was pretty cool because, well, kind of funny because at the end where they have all the, the paddle wheel, you know, boat comes through with all the princesses and stuff on it. They had one that had the monkeys on it. And that thing came, and I don't know what he was doing, but the guy missed his cue, and he ran right into the bank in front of us. The monkeys Ooh, were all ouch. laughing and slapping each other. I mean, it was hilarious. So, yeah, a little miscue there. <laughs> and then number one, of course, would be Wishes. And that that's just a, it's just a special show for me and my family personally. Um, you know, being, being able to watch that with my family for the very first time all together on the bridge was really something else. So those are, my, those are the way I'd rank them. Okay. And uh, Mark Harbison, how would you rank the fireworks shows? Well, for once, I'm not going to copy off of Mark's answers. So we have some, finally something original. Um, I would uh, I would go with uh, Illuminations number one for me, and Wishes is a very close number two. Uh, you know, I really enjoy fireworks, so both shows are great. Uh like I said before, you know, Wishes is, is more of a graceful beauty and uh, and incorporates the castle really well. Illuminations is more spectacular. Um, and I just kind of lean towards the, uh, the pyrotechnics more. Um, so I enjoy that show a little bit better. And Fantasmic kind of brings up the rear for me in number three. Um, I think the problem for me is just kind of dealing with the crowds. Uh, it's a very long wait to get in. It's, it's kind of a you're part of just a, a herd of people and then you're sitting for a long time waiting for the show to start and then you've got to deal with the same kind of herd mentality going out once the show is over and I wasn't sure that the show was quite worth all of the, the weight and effort that you have to put in to go see it so that's why it, it kind of lags behind for me Okay, um, and uh, Jason, he of the fireworks shy child um, how do you rank the nighttime spectaculars? Uh, it's been about one, about probably 15 to 17 years since I saw Illuminations, so unfortunately that's probably at the bottom of my list. But then Fantasmic and definitely Wishes is the first, because we did find a good spot the last time to see it, or the one time to see it. And from what I hear now, they is is that where they have the pictures on the castle? Is that still going on? The the it's that, a. It's a separate show that happens uh, n not every night, but happens right before Wishes. Wishes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's something that would definitely intrigue us to, to fight for Wishes again, to see, especially since we had a few pictures selected for the... Oh, Magic Memories memory, and You. The magic Memories. We have a few that were selected from ours, so to, the chance to see those on the castle would definitely make us wait in, in a spot to see it again. Very cool. And uh, James, how about you? Um, my number three is Illuminations, um, mostly because I haven't seen, you know, the full show of that ever. Never been able to get a good spot. We haven't planned that out well enough. Um, <clears throat> Fantastic is my second. Um, great, great show. One thing that we always do if there is ever um, 
a second showing. I always try to do the second showing because it's not usually as crowded. Or like I think it was Mark said, you know, do that, do the dinner. We did the brown derby dinner and then got the priority seating, which worked out really good. Um, but <clears throat> Wishes, I think, is our favorite. Uh, you know, Magic Kingdom tends to be our favorite park, so it's just kind of a magic that it has. Seeing Tinkerbell, you know, fly down from the castle, um, just something that the kids really enjoy. And, uh, you know, it's the main thing when we're, when we're there is what the kids' reactions are. So that's what makes it the best for us. Okay, and for me, the the ranking is challenging because um, w when we were last uh, at Disney World, we still haven't seen Phantasmic yet. Um, I'm really excited. It's one of the first things we're doing um, this trip, but um, we were unable to see it because the night, the day that we were in Hollywood Studios was the same day that that evening we were at uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, and so. You know, I can't complain. We saw Hallow Wishes instead, but um, we didn't get a chance to see Fantasmic. So um, at, at this point, I guess I have to rank Fantasmic third because I haven't seen it yet. But I'm really looking forward to it, uh, and the kids are looking forward to it. Actually, my son, who sometimes is shy of these things, um, saw the the picture of Sorcerer Mickey and his and uh, his his magic wand, and and is really excited to see that. Um, so, Phantasmic is third. Um, Illuminations is second for me, and it's a tough call. It's really close. Um, but Wishes is first, and I think it's just because my whole family loves fireworks, and Illuminations has some really cool pyrotechnics and, and interesting other things going on. That low point, though, it, it's really difficult because my son gets bored, and it's hard for him to focus and to bring him kind of back for the rest of the show is, is challenging. Um, so the, the more traditional way that, that wishes builds to a fireworks finale, uh, works better for us. Um, but really we have, we have a lot of fun with really all of the nighttime spectacular activities at Disney world. Um, before we leave this topic, just really quickly, um, there are a few sort of special seasonal fireworks shows um, that take place. There's uh, a, a 4th of July fireworks show that takes place at uh, Hollywood Studios. I don't think any of us have been for that one. It's it's You've got to be in Walt Disney World on 4th of July to see it. So has anybody seen the 4th of July fireworks at, at Hollywood Studios? Never. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, but it's it's actually supposed to be a really good show and um, is often recommended if you're going to be in the parks on the 4th of July. It seems to be less crowded than the 4th of July fireworks in Epcot or in the Magic Kingdom. Um, there are also the seasonal fireworks that, uh, that go with the parties, the um, Hallowishes fireworks, which uh, are just stunning. Um, and uh, they also do similar special fireworks for uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. And um, I guess those are the only parties still on the, on the schedule. The, there used to be also special fireworks for a, a party called Pirates and Princesses, but, but they seem to have dropped that one from the schedule. Um, what makes Hallowishes different is that in addition to the regular Wishes fireworks, they add perimeter fireworks that go, uh, that come from, from the 
outer perimeter of the park, and they just sort of add another layer uh, to the to the wishes fireworks. And then Illuminations gets some special holiday tags uh, for Christmas and uh, New Year's. Um, so I think does anybody else have anything they wanted to add about the the nighttime spectacular shows? I'd like to say if you're ever there for Halloween, go and go to the Halloween party, the Mickey's Not Scary Halloween party, and see Hallow Wishes because that I was totally blown away and it was very unexpected. Kind of actually, you know, caught me off guard for the perimeter part of it. All right. Um, so with that, we're going to transition here to our ten question segment, and uh, James Matheson is the victim for this evening's 10 questions. Uh, James, you ready for the hot seat? We'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first, James, where do you live and what do you do for a living? Um, I live in Minnesota, just north of the metro area, and uh, I am an assistant restaurant manager for McDonald's. And uh, tell us about your family. Um, I've got a wife, uh, two wonderful kids, a daughter, 11, my son is 8, and we have another little one on our way in uh, the end of February. Congratulations. Thank you. Hopefully the little one's born on the 26th. I'm the <laughs> only one that shares my birthday. <laughs> well, the, the due date is the 28th, so maybe we can have a 29th for the sleep year. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, you all think it's cool. My father-in-law actually has a, a February 29th birthday, and it's a pain. Um, all right. Uh, what's your favorite off the beaten path location in Walt Disney World? Um, I have to say, you know, my favorite thing is just, you know, we usually stay at Porter Lanes. That that boat ride is kind of off the beaten path. You know, down to downtown Disney is just a nice, uh, nice quiet time. You know, have to sit down, have a chat with the kids. You know, before you go on, it's just probably the best. And. What is your least favorite place at Walt Disney World? Oh, I haven't found a least, least favorite yet. Um, the only thing I think of is, you know, if I ever got stuck in, it's a small world. I think it's the only, <laughs> the only place that I could call horrible. Who is your favorite animated Disney character? Uh, I, have to, I have to say Mickey Mouse or just something... <laughs> Something about them. All those different costumes and Sorcerer Mickey just kind of has a place in my heart. What sound or noise do you love? Um, just, just the expression on the kid's face the first time they round the, the, the train station and see the castle. You know, they, they always have a comment and just, you know, that's always a, uh, thank you that that comes out just as something special to them so it's uh, just hearing the joy in their voice and it makes it the best and what sound or noise do you hate <laughs> um i have to say the the those families that are um yelling at the kids tell them you know we we're here to have fun now shut up and have fun or you know something <laughs> of that sort you know i i just don't know how anybody can be crabby at disney World. What career, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Ah, uh, 
you know, my, my dream is to retire, move down to Florida and work at Walt Disney World. I don't care where it is, just kind of get in there and uh, be able to make make other people's vacations magical. What job would you not like to do? <laughs> ah, collections. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame you. <laughs> and then finally, if you could be a Disney cast member for just one year, what job would you want to do for that year? You know, if I had any musical talent or anything, uh, the one time we were at the Booty U Parade, you know, they just had some guys run around, joking around, playing the banjos and just singing and entertaining the crowd while they're waiting for the for the parade. You know, it just looks like a, <laughs> just a fun, simple, something that you'd just love to do. I'd almost do that for free. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, James. You can step down off the hot seat. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, the the last sort of, uh, you know, evenings in Walt Disney World topic or nighttime in Walt Disney World uh, topic that we wanted to talk about a little bit is to try and, and help our listeners um, make the best use of extra magic hour time. So if you were to give somebody your favorite tip for maximizing their enjoyment of extra magic hours, what would you tell them? Try to get fast passes for, you know, whatever ride you really want to see. Enjoy the next one on the list. Okay. I would agree. Definitely work. If you could try to work your way around the list, you know, around the park, with the extra magic hours not everything's open all the time so if you know you're going to extra magic hours save those rides for then use the uh, use your fast passes and use your rest of your day to get everything else and then hit those during extra magic hours okay anybody else have an emh tip i think for me uh i just say that extra magic hours and park hoppers can be a very potent combination uh, because usually the extra magic hour whatever park has extra magic hours that day is typically going to be the most crowded and so if you can spend your day in a different park that's less crowded and take advantage of that and then hop over for say the nighttime extra magic hours uh, when some of the crowds are leaving then you can kind of get the best best of both worlds and, and maybe maximize your time yeah, and actually to, to extend that even just a little bit, you know, especially in the, the higher seasons when you've got extra magic hours that run until, you know, 2 or 3 a.m., you know, there are a lot of people who, who think they're going to stay that late, and they just don't. Um, so what happens is, you know, the, the park, and usually it's the Magic Kingdom if it's open that late, you know, that gets really, really crowded from all these people who, you know, probably don't have park hoppers and are convinced that they're going to stay until, uh, you know, until 3 a.m., but they don't. And so the park gets really crowded during most of the day, and then it starts to kind of peter out. So what, along the lines of what Mark is saying, you know, enjoy another park that's got a lower crowd level during the rest of the day, go back, take a nice long nap, let the folks who, you know, are trying to go from park opening until 3 a.m. fade and then head back out to the parks at, you know, 8, 9 o'clock 
and you still got four hours of park to enjoy. And the crowds will have will have dwindled significantly from what they were, you know, between sort of dinner time and maybe nine ten o'clock. Don't try to be a commando. <laughs> it's not neat. They're really there's so many people that do that, and if you know what you're gonna do or you know what you want to do, you don't need to be a commando. Now, Christmas party was a little bit different. Because it's open. I mean, it's open the same hours. It's open to midnight. But we spent <laughs> spent all morning at Hollywood Studios. Came back, took a nap, let the kids rest, re rested, and then we hit hit Magic Kingdom at four o'clock. We hit every character we wanted to see and hit almost every ride in the six hours or seven hours that we were there. Yeah. So yep. it's it's def and it, it works the same way with extra magic hours. I mean, there may be a little bit more people there, but you really don't need to be a commando if you utilize the fast passes and you utilize extra magic hours and, and all those other options. Okay. Anybody else have a, an extra magic hour tip? I have one, Aaron. Um, oh, okay. If you have like really late extra magic hours, hit that same park the next day if you can, because then it'll usually be empty from all the people that stayed up late the night before. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well, um, why don't we use that to transition ourselves? And, and, and Mark, why don't you tell us about the uh, trip that you have coming up just uh, just a little bit down the way here? You've got a, a big land and sea combination trip. Well, we got uh, about 23 days to go. We um, are doing the Disney Dream four nights um, in the Bahamas. We go down on the 8th and we're staying at Port Canaveral the night before and then we get on the ship um, we do Nassau the second day um, and we're looking at doing an excursion at NASA for the Atlantis Casino doing the aqua adventure that they have there and then see the third day you're at Castaway Cay and we're looking at doing Maybe some snorkeling while we're at Castaway Cay. I also hear there's a geocache hidden on Castaway Cay that I think I'm going to find. Um, and then we have a day at sea, which will be our, you know, exploring the boat kind of thing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that part of the trip. And then they have, uh, you know, all the, all the Broadway musical, Disney musicals they have on, on board, um, as well as the restaurants. Um, you do a different restaurant every night. And then, uh, so we're looking forward to that. And then we have actually uh, our friend Chris Marianne that went with us in December are joining us. And um, Groover 2 from the boards will actually be on that cruise as well. So looking forward to meet him on the boat and having fun with him as well. Then we have uh, five days at um, Caribbean Beach Resort when we get back. Oh, that's right. Uh, just just barely missing free dining. Yes, yes, but we're not going to talk about that. That's a bigger <laughs> subject. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> um, and we have our uh, podcast producer, Josh, is going to be joining us. My brother-in-law will be joining us for that part of the trip. Um, and it'll be his kind of, you know, his first real time at Disney. He's been there before, but he's been about, uh, I think part of the day doing only about three rides 
um, in different parks. So we're going to have five full days with him. And let's see, our first night we have Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And we have a couple of our other friends that are going to be joining us from Colorado. Um, our friend Sharon and her daughter will be joining us as well. And so, yeah, we're looking forward to a really good time. We've got lots of, lots of dining opportunities as well. Um, we've done all of our ADRs for our dining. We got Tusker House, Via Napoli, Ohana's, La Cellier's. We got Sci-Fi, um, 1900 Park Fair, uh, St. Angel's, Tony's Town Square. So we've, we've got it pretty much all, all wrapped up and ready to go. So how come with all that commission you didn't invite any of us to go with you? Well, I got to use that commission for the excursions. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Mark, if you had to pick one thing about the cruise you're most looking forward to, what is it? The one thing I'm looking most forward to on the cruise would be having breakfast on the veranda with my wife. Your wife listens to the podcast, doesn't she? Yeah, she's standing right over me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what one thing about the uh, Walt Disney World part of your trip are you most looking forward to? Um, listening to my brother-in-law screaming his full head off on the roller coasters. <laughs> well, it sounds terrific, and we'll be uh, watching the boards for a full report when you get back. Yeah, we'll be uh, doing a running report, hopefully, while we're there. Terrific. He he already cried that he didn't want to do one. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know better, and we'll just give him trouble until he does it. Yep. He'll find pirates stalking him in the main, uh, the main, his dad's thread. <laughs> well, I think that brings us to the end of our show. We'd love to hear from you who are listening. You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. You can visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at Dizdad Podcast on Twitter or participate in the discussion in the Dizdad subforum of the Disney for Families forum at disboards.com. Until next time, this is Aaron Rittmaster with Mark Pratt, Jason Gilbert, James Matheson, and Mark Harbison signing off. Thanks, guys. This has been a Wizard of Haas production.